just as a sign to say, Jesus, I want to be close to you. I want to thank you, Lord, for the cross. We've just celebrated communion together, and we just want to say, Jesus, have your way in our hearts today. Speak to us, Lord. Be with us as we go into this very important time of our week where we come together as believers to worship you, to listen to your word, to grow together in love. So, Lord, we just thank you for all that you are in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, so good to be in church with you this morning. Thanks, team. Wonderful job this morning. And if you're watching on the podcast or listening to this, if you're watching online or listening to the podcast, I should say, thanks for joining us today. And uh, I know there are people who are back with us today who have been away, and I think I've got a bit of a chesty thing going on myself here today, so I'll do my best not to cough on you, but uh, I've got a long distance between you and me. So um, if you're here for the long weekend, I want to say it's so good that you've joined us as well. So thanks for coming to church this morning. I really believe that uh, uh, the message today will speak to all of us in some way. Uh, I just want to do a special mention to Hendry and Eleanor in Streaky Bay. So they've been tuning into us for a long time up there. So that's really good. So hi. I'll do it in the next service as well, just in case you're watching that one. Um, so we're in great days as uh, believers in the Lord. We have access to greater ways to tell people about Jesus than any other generation on earth. There's so many ways that we can get the message out across the world. So uh, the church is to be the place of healing of the soul um, and, and also to display heaven's values to the world. And I'm going to show you some things this morning that I hope will really encourage you. Um, Jesus has in mind for us a mission to infiltrate the world with heaven. That sounds a little bit sneaky. Like Jesus has his plan to infiltrate the world. Uh, it's, it's more like to infuse the world with his, with his ways, with heaven's ways. So um, wherever you are, you're on a mission. I sometimes forget that. Like when I'm being rude to the person at McDonald's and I'm in the drive-thru. I forget that I'm on mission and I have a one heart sticker on my car. So I've got to take, take that off. So I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, can I confess I was with Pauline going through the drive-thru and I say, can I have barbecue sauce please? And they go, yeah. And they put it on my burger. I don't want it on the bought burger. And I said, now in English, I said this to them one day, I said, if I ask for barbecue sauce, that means I want a little sachet. I don't want it on the burger. And anyway, the guy got really hurt by it. And Pauline says, she's really good with me. She says, you know, these people know who we are. Shouldn't do that. So sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget that we're supposed to be the light of Jesus. But see, every generation of believers has been given their time to shine the love of Jesus to the world. Every generation, including our generation today, including you. So Jesus said this about our place in the world. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not loving the, uh, the, the uh, subdued way I've got to preach today. <laughs> I can't really get into it, but I'll, I'll start coughing everywhere. But um, Jesus said this about our place in the world, your place in the world. 
uh, Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. So how does the church lose its saltiness? I'll answer a little bit later about how we keep our saltiness, but uh, I'll answer that later. But Jesus has always sought to invest the Holy Spirit in his church, in his people. As long as the church remains on earth, we've got to keep the salt in it. We've got to keep the salt. So we're going to finish the next few verses now, Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. It says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, these verses make up One Heart Church's mission statement. That's our, our mission statement is, is those verses. But no one wants to be associated or known as an unsavory church. You know, if you had your CV or your resume or whatever and someone did a, a reference for you and said they are unsavory, they're an unsavory character, you'd go, well, that's not very nice. It's not what we want to be known for. So no one wants to be known as a church that is unsavory, that has lost its flavor, that has lost its saltiness. So I'm going to give you three ways to lose the salt just quickly or to lose the flavor. Number one, the Bible is no longer the standard. And, we, and I don't want us to translate this just say, oh, the church over there, them. It's those over there who no longer have the Bible. This is, an in, as an individual Christian, as a believer in Jesus, these are things that lose our saltiness. So number one, the Bible is no longer the standard. Number two, we become introverted, unsociable, like driving through McDonald's drive through withdrawn from the world. So we no longer connect with the world. We're, we're introverted. We're, we're focused upon ourselves and our needs. Uh, the number three, the Holy Spirit, unwelcome, and worship no longer desired. So it's uh, where we would stray from the saltiness. So we could, we could list so many more, but I would rather concentrate on ways to stay savory. So I want to... Um, concentrate on that this morning of how we can keep the saltiness in our life now salt is a good thing when it talks in this context it's not like you know harden your arteries and all that kind of salt this is a, a good salt so <clears throat> I think it's a huge mistake to make um, comments about our, about church and about other Christians um, and you would have heard these kind of comments um, the church needs more of this or that um, if only the church would do this, if only the church would stop doing that, uh, if only the church was doing something else that's different to what it's not doing. You know, I, I think they've, they're incredibly unhelpful attitudes to have in the church if we find that kind of language coming out of our mouths all the time. So for every if only is you, the Christian, the believer, because the church is you. So when you have those kind of attitudes, well, if only the, our church, if only the church did this or that, well, you are the if only. It comes back to you. So it's a sign of maturity to see the need and be the change. It's being the person who does something that changes things. So 
we have to use our time on earth to prepare for heaven. So our time on earth is preparing us for our heavenly home. Um, it's having a Jesus culture now so that we are at home in heaven. Have you ever thought about that? Having a Jesus culture now so that you'll be at home in heaven. So if you can't uh, grapple with a Jesus culture now, then you won't have a Jesus culture in heaven. Uh, so moving on, to keep the savour in the salt. Jesus said if the salt loses its saltiness, it's as good as useless. So number one, like similar to the ways we lose it, is keep the word of God. Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for, for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Uh, Romans 12 verse 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by being good. So we understand God's view on, on good, on what is good, from Jesus, the living word. And we value that standard. See, the church is to be different from the world around it and stay salty. So we don't want to be just like a mirror of the world and you say, well, I, I, who's ever read that book, Animal Farm? Have you ever read that book? I read it in year 11. Uh -huh. And at the, the very end, it says that, that, that see, the, 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 the animals sort of became like people and the, the pigs took over the farmyard. They became like the, the bosses. And then it says in the very last page of the book, it says something along the lines of that the pigs and the, and the man were having a, a, like a meeting and all the other animals were looking in the window of the farmhouse. It says they looked at the pig and they looked at the man and they looked at the pig and they looked at the man and then they looked at the pig and they looked at the man and then they couldn't tell the difference between which was pig and which was man. Because it, the, the, Pauline's like, whoa, whoa. It's talking about we can be so, uh, so um, desiring to fit into the world that we lose our saltiness, that we lose our distinction as a believer. There should be a difference the way we talk, the way we look, the way we, the way we live our lives. Uh, little, little things like having integrity in our dealings with others. They're things that make us a, a significant difference to the world. So, as I said, we understand God's view on good from Jesus, the living word, and we've got to value that standard. So I want to encourage every believer to know the word of God, understand it, read it, have revelations of it yourself. So you can't put a price on when God speaks to you through his word, uh, but you'll never hear that if you're never in that. So you'll never hear the word if you're never in the word. So I want to encourage you, your, your personal time with God is really, really vital to making the change in your own life, to keep the saltiness in you. So the second one uh, is be extroverted. See, the wor this word is, has some negative undertones. Um, say, for instance, a socialite for the elite or the party animal for the not-so-cultured. Um, we would say are extroverted people. See, extroverted is in this sense, as a, as a believer in Jesus, keeping the saltiness in our lives is being people-oriented, is we focus on others, we focus on the other person. Romans 12 verse 9 and 11 says, don't just pretend to love others, don't you love how 
how Paul is just so straightforward. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. If we could just apply that to our church and think, hey, we're going we're gonna, to um, apply those, those, those things. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11 says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So uh, moving on to Romans 12, verses 12 to 15, it tells us that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, and they need someone to go and tell them. See, the church is about equipping and sending. And we want to be a church that equips people with the word of God, with the word of truth and encourages people and sends them into the world. So each week, we, we, don't, we don't view what we do here on Sunday as the goal. This is where we equip each other. This is where we hear the word, where we get energized, where we get motivated. But the real work of the church happens when we walk out of here. What we do out on the street, what we do where we work, what we do uh, wherever we go is the work of the church. So... Um, the third thing, church is a spiritual environment. So it's an ecosystem. Who did year 11 uh, biology? Nobody except for me. I only chose, true story, I only chose year 11 biology because that's where all the girls were. It was the only class, it was full of girls. And so I, was, I thought I was going to be the only boy, but another guy got in with me, so it wasn't wasn't quite what I had in mind, but anyway. But church is a spiritual environment, an ecosystem for spiritual encounters with Jesus. So um, it's, it's being a people who love worship, whatever that form is. So worship is, is what we do in church when we sing our songs, that's worship. Uh, but worship is not only that. Worship is, is how we conduct our life in the world. Our worship is the way in which we treat one another is worship. When we serve each other is worship. Worship is not, is not the slow songs in church. Uh, well, it is, but not just, I should say. But we, we need to be people who love worship. John 4 verse 24 says, For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. See, I want us to always remember that we are, we are on a spiritual journey as people, as humans, as beings. We are on a spiritual journey and we want to stay true to that spiritual journey of life and understanding and knowing God by you know, seeking out spiritual ex experiences with God. Uh, the, the world is preoccupied, I think, with spiritual, uh, with, with spiritual things. Certain people, they go out to, on all sorts of lengths to try and um, find a spiritual experience. But I tell you, the church ought to be the place where people experience something supernatural, something powerful. So, um, as I was saying about that word ecosystem, that's an environment, it's a landscape uh, that includes the weather, plants and animals that exist because of each other and dependent on each other. So, you know, I love watching these, these uh, um, documentaries and... and They'll, they'll attribute the, the amazing way things combine together and say, oh, it was just, they evolved, See, the ant evolved with a plant. And you think, well, which one came first, the plant or the, or the, or the ant? Because they can't live without each other. And, and so I think, well, I think 
looks more like there was a design factor involved here that made this all happen. But an ecosystem is where all those things work together. I want to tell you something. The church is an ecosystem of faith, of the gospel, of Jesus Christ among us. And you can't exist in it without the other. It's like one of you will be the ant and the other will be the plant. And you can't live without each other. You need each other. And it's like if you take the plant away, the ant dies. If you take the ant away, the plant dies. So we need to be a people who understand the relevance of the ecosystem of the church and how vital it really is. It's not a take it or leave it kind of an attitude that we can have. So to experience the best of our Christian life and to be effective, we are to be spiritually aware of that ecosystem that God has put us to grow in. Um, we've got to welcome the Holy Spirit in, in church. He, it creates an ecosystem that we flourish in. I want to encourage you with uh, Thursday night when we have uh, Awaken. That's a, a, you know, a, an ecosystem night where we just spend a lot more time uh, worshipping God. Uh, we, we spend some time praying for each other. We spend some time listening to the Holy Spirit and developing the gift of God upon us so that we can be an encouragement to somebody. Because, you know, come on Thursday night and say, Lord, I want to be the ant to someone's plant. I want to be the plant to someone's ant and uh, be the one who can minister the good news and, and help encourage someone else so that they can grow in a spiritual ecosystem. Are you loving that this morning? I really feel like I've got my... my my throat tied up or something here. I just can't, can't do what I want to do. <clears throat> Romans 12, verse 6 to 8 says, We each have a gift to help others grow. So we each have a gift to help others grow. Turn to the person next to you and say, You have a grift. You have a grift. You have a gift. You have a grift. You have a gift to help others grow. Have you ever thought of that really? Stop to think about that. You have a gift to help others grow. You have a gift to help others grow. And so we, we need to recognize that God wants to use you to help the church grow, to help somebody else grow and become stronger in their faith, in their walk, in their experience with the Lord. So... Um, as I said earlier, church is not what happens here on Sunday. It's what happens every day, wherever you are. That's, what, that's what, where church happens, wherever you go. So it's a very incomplete Christian experience to, ha to have never encountered the Holy Spirit in a personal way. So we are spiritual people and need to be that way to keep the flavor of the salt in our lives. And I want to encourage you to, to not think, well, maybe I've never had an experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, just seek after it. Ask God for it. Desire it. If you want to be the, 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 um, the salt and light kind of a Christian, you need the Holy Spirit to be flowing through you and, and taking you into things. We desire to be a church that embraces the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I'll have the musicians come and save me now, I think. But see, God has a purpose for the church. God has a purpose for you because you are the church. So I really want us to try and um, do some alterations of our thinking. And when we think of church, we say, that's me. 
when we think of church, because it's very easy to say that the church is this, as I said, some of those very unhelpful things are the church over there, the church out there. But the church is you. The church is me. The church is us. So Matthew 13, verse 33, I think this is the most important lesson that we have for today. It says, Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast, a little yeast, like that. Who's that guy who does that with the salt? Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. We need to take note whenever Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. And if you read Matthew 13, it says it all the way through. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. But this refers to how God's principles work. So when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like, he says this is how God's principles work. And we want to be the church, the individual who shows God's kingdom at work on the earth around us every day. It says that she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour. This is talking about the influence of the church. The influence of the church makes a difference in the world. It only takes a little yeast to permeate the entire measure. I want to illustrate this to you today that every believer is the yeast. Every Christian is the yeast that the world needs. Please never agree with the devil's lie that you can't make a difference. Don't agree with the devil's lie that says, what difference would it make? I can't make a difference. No, that's a lie of the devil. You can make a difference, and we're here to make a difference. So I'm going to give you a, a, a few things. of I've taken some creative license to suggest three measures. It says this woman put the yeast in three measures. So maybe she had a measure of bread, dough. She put a little bit in that. Then she had a measure of biscuit, biscuit dough. She put a little measure in that. Then she had a measure of cake. She put a little bit in that, just a little bit. So all she, all she needed to do, it says it permeated the whole the whole, the whole batch. So these three measures, I want to just put it to you like this. I've taken some creative license here, but number one, education. We need to be Christians. The church needs to be in education. To bring Christian thinking is to be the yeast in education from kindergarten to uni and every level of teaching. As a church, we want to be involved in that. We do the Brave Award at the high school every year that's influence having a chaplain in the in a school is being influence having good christian teachers is influence uh, being the christian gardener at the school as we have is being influence we want to be in education we want to be there so that we can have an influence second thing is in profession and business see Christian business people in every every part, every sphere. There's, you know, I've, I've lumped this all together in one big thing: business and professions. But there's medical and health workers. There's uh, professions like tradespeople and administrative people. Um, there's business owners and business managers. Anywhere that creates uh, business, all those areas. Also in that area, emergency services, police, fire, ambulance, SES, CFS, and 
it's Dosa, sorry. I'm having trouble with my mouth. See, it's being a Christian in the marketplace is yeast to society. So wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves in our professional world, we want to be bringing the yeast of the gospel to those places, to those people. We can make a difference. You only need a little bit. If you're the only one there, you only need a little bit to make a difference. The third thing is political. So Christian values like yeast in the political system. And I believe, you know, we're seeing in our nation today a deficit of of political uh, wisdom because the church has been taken out of the political system. And I believe the way forward is that we need to get Christians back in the political system. We need to get Christian values back into every every political party. I'm not saying, well, we're going to you know, you know, target our own and go go down that way. That's, that's good. I have nothing against any of that. But I believe the best way is to have Christians in every political persuasion, in every political party, uh, in local government, councils, state and federal governments, community progress forums need the yeast of the church. That's a political involvement with your community. See, the church, I'll finish with this, the church is everywhere. It is the yeast that promotes the kingdom of heaven, the church. Can we just stand together for a moment, please? I want to give you some time for ministry. Just stay where you are. I'm pretty sure what I have is not contagious. But you may feel like you're the only one. You're the only Christian where you are, where you work, where you go to school or whatever it is, in your family, in your class, in your workplace. Maybe even in your neighborhood, in the street, you think like you're the only Christian there. Remember, God only needs a little yeast to permeate the whole measure. And I'd love to pray with you this morning and uh, believe with you that you are significant. doesn't matter how long you've you've been a believer. You can make a difference in in so many other people's lives. I think it amazes me how, how often a new believer can be more effective than the old believer. So don't think, oh, I don't know enough yet. God wants to use you anyway. God wants to put his spirit upon you. So let's just respond to the Lord this morning. If you're thinking, hey, I, I want to be I want to be the yeast. I want to be the salt. I want to be the light in my business, in my workplace, with my friends. Lord Jesus, I just pray today that you begin to speak to people's hearts. You begin to put the Holy Spirit upon us. I pray, Lord God, that we'll be more diligent with the word that we'll be more deliberate to study your word every day and to listen to your voice through it. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we may be people who bring the yeast into every part of our world. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may keep us in your hand. May we be those, in the right way, extroverted believers who care for others. May we be a church, Lord God, that is a spiritual environment. Right now, I just want to pray for the church, for all of us here, on that one point. 
Lord Jesus, I just pray today at One Heart Church that we may see and understand that we are an ecosystem of life. We are an ecosystem of the, the things of the Spirit. And Lord, I just pray today that we may grasp that more, that we may understand that, Lord, that what we do, someone else depends on. So, Father, I pray that we may be a good church, a spirit-filled church. Lord, a great place to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.